now, from Grid Square Echo Mike 48, this is 100 Watts and a Wire. All right, all right, all right. Good morning to you, everybody. How's everybody doing? It's good to uh, to see you here. We're live. A little something different here. And uh, we'll bring in Steve. My name is Christian. Today, hey, this is, uh, what is it? It's episode 297. This is episode 297, Managing Mike Fright. So if you've ever struggled with this, we're going to talk about it today. And our community will share uh, how they've been dealing with it, if they dealt with it in the past, how they got over it, or how they're still trying to work through it. We'll talk about all of that. Let me welcome in Steve. Here he is, W7UDI. Morning. Good morning to you, sir. And you were on fire. We were on fire here this morning. (laughs) Yeah, we were burning. I'll turn off the radio there. First morning, I was able to actually turn on the radio. It's still raining here today, but it's more of a mm-hmm. just a just a drizzly type of rain. It's not oh, a lightning. That's good. So, uh, big topic today, and uh, of course, we'll be talking about two stories. Our friends from Amateur Radio Newsline will join us, but uh, ham radio operators with Mike Fright, and I think you can mm-hmm. help. Uh, today, yes, because we've done that countdown, uh, I'll probably trim that off because nobody will want to watch that later on. And when you do that, you end up losing uh, your comments in the chat. So I'd love for you to comment below uh, the video in the comments section uh, as we talk about this today. So that would be good, too. Welcome to you. Uh, If you're new, put new in the chat. I would like to meet you. And uh, if we haven't met, I'm Christian, K0STH, Steve here. Everybody's Elmer, Uncle Steve, Whiskey 7, United (laughs) Delta, India. (laughs) And so I posed the question uh, this week because I, I get these messages sometimes in email and people are like, you know, it'd be a good topic. Can you talk about this? And it's Mike Fright. And it's a it's a tricky one. You know what I mean? It's tricky for me. I remember the cases, you know, being in radio mm-hmm. for 30 years or whatever now. It's different, right? I used to get um, I used to get nervous when people would come into the booth. And then over time. I leveled up my game and I wanted people to come into the booth. Like I wanted you to see it happen, you know, so mm-hmm. it's kind of a transition. And I know this isn't for everybody. Everybody's got different things, but in broadcasting, I needed to level up. I needed to get a little more comfortable doing things. You know, if my boss would come in the room or boss was in the hallway or you're working a day shift, say this is different in a broadcasting than amateur radio, but to put my fear where it started for me because I wasn't on amateur radio 30 years ago it would be that I'd be oh you're working afternoon drive today and you're like oh man daylight like the lights will be on and people will be around and you get (laughs) you kind of play it safe and all these sorts of things and then at a certain point it just was like yeah come on in I want you to Mm -hmm. see it and I would try to put on a clinic anytime I could so now today it's a little different right I, I may have a little of uh I may not sit and call CQ. I don't do that a lot, but I'll do some chasing and a little rag chewing when I can mm-hmm. catch up with old friends, that kind of deal. What Do you remember um, the early days for you getting getting started and then feeling keying up that mic and how that felt for you? Yeah, it was it was a little crazy. It was, wow, you know, I got to be, you know, am I saying the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? And uh if am i gonna make an idiot out of myself and uh you know 44 years later i still make an idiot out of myself so i don't it's no big deal so uh but yeah it it was that in in the beginning and then i just got over it and uh just kept moving on and it's just be yourself be myself and uh it was uh once i kind of just came to that and felt that i'm going to be myself then I, everything just disappeared but yeah those first early days was uh was pretty tough at uh getting over the mic fright so we all go through it and we we you know pass uh, it you know passes uh uh you know it, at different stages in people so but it's yeah. okay don't worry about it everybody to... around the world is hearing you so who cares <laughs> yeah no pressure at all but, you no know, pressure. again, it really is no pressure at all. I mean, you've got mm-hmm. some things to do with your license, you know. But there's many elements to this. You know what I mean? There's uh, exactly. people's personality, introverted, extroverted. Some people like you, you will sit and call. And if we're lagging on a net one night or something, you'll just sit there and park and bark. And happy, mm-hmm. happy as a clam. 
some oh, people yeah. don't do don't do that and they feel like oh not so so for some people it might be better to chase things chase parks or quick mm -hmm. quick things and just kind of did it got it or contest or whatever but let's go uh, exactly let's go and check on some of these comments here because i think they're they'll be useful and look, if you've had uh, an issue with this and maybe you, you're not po part of social media or Facebook, I totally get it. Not everybody is or not everybody has seen this post, but you're welcome. I'd prefer you drop a comment in the comments because the chat, to cut off that pre thing, um, I'm going to lose the chat to do it. So anyway, I posted this up three days ago, it says, and a lot of people see it. You know, 2,600 uh, mm -hmm. people are seeing it, 36 people comment it. And Steve and I will go through this, and then we'll take a break for news in, in a bit, and we'll come back to it. So Ed says, uh, not only Mike Fright, but just meeting people in general. I came up with some general mm -hmm. conversation starters that will go uh, into helping meeting people uh, on the air versions of things like, how did you get into ham radio? What rig are you using? What antenna works best mm -hmm. for you? Have you worked this mode? What do you like? So, uh, yeah, he's put together a series of... Um, of questions that help him out. And mm -hmm. I think, I think that's a good, that's a good start right there. What do you think? And that's where, you know, the, how's the weather? That's always something that is always a, a great way of, uh, you know, beginning the conversation and, uh, going from there. So, uh, yeah, when I first started, I was an introvert. I was, I was pretty shy and, uh, it was, uh, getting into the hobby and getting out there and getting on the mic and, uh, and it uh, kind of forced me into becoming more extroverted. And uh, so, yeah, great list there, Ed. That's uh, that's perfect. Just have a few things, j just kind of get the ball rolling. And then, you know, as we make a converse, you know, contact on the air, we kind of feel each other out metaphorically, that is. And uh, sometimes and then we yeah. And then and then we kind of go and then you find something that the. <laughs> Two of us have, will have an interest in, and then, bam! There goes the conversation. Then it's like old friends. Yeah, and it's, I know. So, let's see what Fred says. I still get Mike fright mostly because I worry I'm going to stammer or jumble up my words. Uh, I work keyboard to keyboard modes most of the time, mm -hmm. so you know I totally get that one too. The kind of fear of saying the wrong thing, getting caught up. Ex exactly and and that's the th that's that ham uh, speak that we have and uh, people um uh, are worried about uh, saying the wrong thing and there is there really isn't anything wrong there's, there's only one thing you need to remember and that's your call sign every 10 minutes and that's it just uh, go from there and just be yourself interesting point mark here makes on your screen I understand how you feel. Some uh, something conversation seems miles uh, above your head. Yeah, it's hard to break into some conversations uh, mm -hmm. that that you're already existing on the air. Let's see uh, what what Patrick says here. Got in ham radio. Uh, did some exploration on CB. No Elmers. First real contact was a repeater in New York. Okay, worked up the courage. So he worked up the courage to make some calls. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, he still gets Mike Fright on occasion, but still when trying to reach marginally famous people or important events. Let's just stop you there. By the way, there are no famous people in ham radio. But, well, wait, wait. Nope. I mean, there are a couple actual famous, famous people. Like if you work Joe Walsh mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, Ronnie Millsap, okay. Um, but people doing this anywhere at any level, that's not famous. If it's a level no. of fame, it's the absolute low. It's like a, something hanging on. It's a broken link holding on and just about to fly off in the wind. So I understand what he's saying, but uh, there's no famous. I mean, yeah, I know what he's we're, saying. We're all in it together. We all put our pants on the same way, one leg at a time. And we, uh, even when the King of Jordan was uh, alive and active on the radio, you wouldn't if you didn't know his call sign, you would have just thought he was just another average ordinary ham. And, uh, and that's a lot of these people that are so-called famous that that's what they want to be. They just want to be, uh, just normal everyday you and I, and, uh, just go out and have fun and enjoy the hobby. And that's, that's, what's great about this hobby. It's the ultimate equalizer. It doesn't matter where we are on the, in society or 
economic status we're all the same we're all enjoy the hobby here so uh, it's it's great yeah i mean joe walsh maybe i would feel like but i would have so many questions i wouldn't i definitely would want to talk you know what i mean but i think he's probably doing am broadcasts from california uh that kind of thing mm-hmm. or or maybe even he works in code but even still okay even still i don't think people want you to think that they're different that's that's the thing okay kirby not having an elmer or another ham to help me while starting on hf made me more made it more intimidating i can understand that decided to uh work the parks on the air activations so that's really jumping in if you're the one activating you're going to get quite a few people coming in i think that's a good way uh you know kind of jump in and start swimming wow (laughs) oh heck yeah jump on in the water's fine (laughs) And you know you've got to make, you know, you have to make 10 contacts to make it an activation. Mm -hmm. But I like the other side of it, too, where you're just uh, making that contact because it can be the parks on the air folks can open it up. I don't know if I took I got slack over it. But, you know, in the in 2016, when the National Parks on the Air came on, I kind of wished that they would tell you where they were, like, what's the significance? But the pileups were so Mm -hmm. intense that people would just exactly. be like, I'm in K-152, and, and you're like, okay. And you'd have to look it up. So, And it's different to operators, but they wouldn't really chat. And I understand. Mm-hmm. I, I, I totally get and, it. And that's like, that's like contests, too. And uh, that's where a lot of people, they like that you know, short interaction and it's uh, exchange a piece of information. And the parks on the air was pretty much the same. It was, uh, yeah, I'm here at this park this number here's you know your five nine five seven whatever mm-hmm. the signal report is and then off you go and uh, you're not getting into anything super in-depth as far as conversations or anything so you're just doing the same thing over and over and i that that could be a great way of you know overcoming the mic fright and uh doing that you know, contesting or special event stations but yeah it, it's uh, i always enjoy the uh operators that would kind of explain where they're at and uh continue on but in 2016 that was just pure mayhem it was it was great (laughs) it was the best of days Mm -hmm. and it was the worst of days oh yeah but yeah yeah, i would you know and and when uh, we activated the arch we did it twice we were the first one to go in and then we were the last of the year and it was cold boy in that december one we did but i tried to break it down and tell you no, not a history lesson, but at least tell you, you know, we're in the shadow of the arch. This is the, I'm facing the courthouse. This is a famous courthouse right here. You know, give mm-hmm. you a little bit, but everybody's different. And uh, yeah, let's see. So. Let's see what Michael has to say. Uh, I think everyone has it, he says. Or maybe in the beginning, for sure. The uncertainty of what yes. to talk about, uh, what conversation to do. But like Steve mentioned, the weather, you know, what kind of rig are you running? Everybody loves to talk about their antenna. Unless you're shy about that, too. That's another thing, Steve, is, uh, you know, maybe there's a shyness about what you have and what you're operating on. Oh, yes, so much. It's uh, because, uh, you know, they'll ask me, like, well, what are you running? Okay, I'm running this, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And then they just like, oh, I just kind of have a, you know, little little radio here Mm -hmm. and a G5 RV, and it's like, great i think it's awesome and uh that's what you have that's what you're starting off with and uh i mean we all started off very modest uh, when we first get into the hobby so um i think it's just great what you're running whatever it is it doesn't matter it's just uh, we're getting on the air and we're conversing and just uh making friends that's what it's all about so Michael continues to talk a little bit about contesting there. Uh, one technique for a contest is to have a new ham help log for you while you operate the radio and then eventually switch in uh, after they've watched you do it. Uh, this works well on field day. I think field day is a really good opportunity for people uh, because there's so much traffic. But that too can, that's another intimidating thing because there's so much happening that uh-huh. you have to get to the point where you're just like, ah, F it you know what i mean get in the game because if you're timid you know it's it's yeah, hard you enough just rather but, hang around with your buddies because you're you're there with your club so you're there with people that you're comfortable with and it, field day kind of 
turns into now the, the field days that I've been involved with uh, past clubs, it's always turned into a social event. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I'm guilty with that too, of being a social event. It was like, yeah, I'll get on the air for a while and go for it. And then, then back out, I'll, you know, to have someone else do it and, uh, you know, get in there and eating, you know, and drinking, uh, whatever is, you know, pop or whatever is available. And, um, and then we kind of forget about the uh, the radio part and uh, the field day is the perfect you know environment to get people newer into the hobby get on the radio and hopefully overcome you know some of the mic fright uh, because you're doing the same thing it's just you're giving you know you're getting the call sign you're giving a a report of what uh, section you're in and uh, and off you go and uh, so that's a perfect place to uh you know hopefully overcome your mic fright i will say if you but that only happens the, once a year <laughs> i'm right sorry. well yeah and there's other great cooperating events too i mean you know route 66 mm -hmm. is one of them some of these uh you know mm -hmm. these great special event stations they're they're pretty much short things you can get in there and say hello mm -hmm. you know i find that sometimes just saying like your signal like one really good way is for me is you know, if you get a good signal coming in to my station, I'll let you know if you're in a park or what. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll tell you. I mean, like, man, you're booming. You're you're ten over. It may spark another sec. You know, like, oh well, I'm running this link dipole, or I'm running just. I'm just. I'm near the water. It. it you're looking mm -hmm. for that spark of conversation, and sometimes just listening to the cadence of the operator who's running, say this is the path you go, listen to how they're operating, listen to are they open to a little quick conversation or are they just, mm -hmm. you know, you can tell the yeah. difference, You can, but give yourself a oh, yeah. minute to, mm -hmm. to kind of hear what's happening out there first. Let's uh, move on. Mark is actually here, my brother from Maryland. Uh, he says uh, what helped him with contest and hunting poda again. Yeah, we we talked about that doing these quick um, conversations. He says also spend some time listening to other QSOs and jot down Ed's questions above. That's a good good thing. Ed kicked us off with a good set of uh, a good guideline uh, there. And if I may, it it would sound like a uh, a plug for our net, but the net net's been around for since 2015. You're looking at a man. Uh, over to my <laughs> other side here, who will talk about your children's graduations. He'll talk about whatever. He'll end up getting invited to those graduation parties because he <laughs> talk. So check in and, you know, Sunday evenings when we do our net 7 o'clock central time, it's always a good, if you have a mic fright, a friendly face and knowing that when Steve's running, when Ian's running, when Paul's running, when I'm running, you know somebody's gonna take the time. You know it's a friendly grid. I think that counts for mm -hmm. something too. So nets it's, nets are an interesting way. I haven't heard of an unfriendly net. There may be some, you know, d bag out there who was in net control one time ever, but I've never heard an unfriendly net control operator. You know, but ours are particularly yeah. friendly. We ask you what you know, how you doing. <laughs> <laughs> when the pandemic was going on, it was really common was for very... every net mm -hmm. net control operator we had. How are you doing? How are you holding up? You know, like how are you? Your... You know. Yeah, it was about it was about you, and it was how are you holding up? How's your family holding up? How's your situation going on? And you know, thanks for being here. And uh, and this this hobby was probably one of the best things for the you know to get through the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. Was, uh, a way to reach out because we all kind of got isolated here and uh and so we could still it, get out uh, in other words we could get out mm -hmm. and the day's coming you and i are going to go to massachusetts and help our friend phil yep. he's 80 or 81 years old half of the antenna is on the ground and he still oh, checks we got to get it the, back up we're going to get it up we're so. going to take a break we're going to come back and talk more about this because it is a fascinating topic and i'm curious to hear what paul and Karen have to say about this topic as well. We're going to take care of some news. We'll be back. Steve's coming to the chat. You guys, uh, leave your comments below because um, the chat will probably go away once I trim off the beginning of the countdown, but that's okay. We'll come back and talk some news next. 
Whether you say 7.3 or 73, even 73s, we're still 100 watts and a wire. Main Trading Company is your one-stop ham radio shop in Paris, Texas. Find us on the web at mtcradio.com. We've been in business for 12 years. We take trades and love to help fellow hams trade up to a newer rig. Watch our used gear page on the web for great deals on older and even like new equipment. Main Trading is a mom-and-pop business owned by Richard and Christine Lenore. We hope you'll hop on the web and give us a try. Or give us a call at 903-737-0773. We're here hoping to earn your business with good old-fashioned friendly service. If you're in Northeast Texas, stop in and see us at 2707 Lamar Avenue. Main Trading Company, Surplus Electronics, and Ham Radio. Back to Net Control with Christian, K0STH. All right, bringing in our friends now. Here they are. There's Karen and there's Paul. And good, let me get you off that mute there. Guys, you've been following along how we've been going today. And we're talking about Mike Fright, which is a little bit more of a, a conversation. It's going to be a full show talking about this. Did you guys ever suffer? Uh, ladies first. Uh, Mike Fright. Well, today I'm having headphone fright. <laughs> <laughs> We're having issues with that, I, I think, as we experienced before we went live. But uh, hopefully that can be resolved. Mike Fright, yeah, I think... My fear was that I'd put my call out there and somebody would answer. It's like, oh, my God, now I have to say something. That was my fear. I don't think I worried as much that nobody would answer, but that somebody would answer and I might not have anything to say. <laughs> so that's my Mike Fright story. But I think, uh, think we got over that. This, this guy here is my buddy now. This, this mic is fine. I can't imagine Paul, the anchor of Amateur Radio Newsline, or one of the anchors. Did you ever struggle with this, Paul? You'd be surprised. I mean, because I've been, let's see, I got the first license as a ham in 77. And when I got my general and was able to talk, yeah, I mean, I I'm try to push myself to talk more. But yeah, it was. It's kind of intimidating the first time you get on. I mean, just like the first time you get on as a novice, well, as a tech now with with code. Um, you know, it's uh, you're you, you're just really nervous that you're, you're going to make sure you say the right thing or you don't miss what they're saying. Um, I managed to get to work through it, and, I, and it's probably why I ended up in radio for a while. Um, I do remember my very first air shift when I was uh, on, on a break, I think when I was a freshman, I uh, came home and uh, the local radio station put me on and that was my first broadcast job and I was trying real hard not to sound stupid and it's it's a challenge and it's just something you eventually get over. I mean, some people still are nervous about it, and that's fine. But, I mean, you know, once you get past it and you just realize you're just having a conversation, I guess it depends a lot on your personality as to whether you really have a problem having an in-person conversation, too, as to how that affects on the air. Now, on the air, you're hiding behind a microphone, so there might be a little less intimidation of being there with a person but then there are also subtle things about over the air conversations where you can't see body language and you can't see facial expressions so you have to really put all of that into your voice mm -hmm. so that you know you're understood as to you know what the meaning and the intent of what you're saying so it was for me when i very first got you know started um in ham radio it, yeah there was there was some some challenges to you know to get comfortable with it and then like i said my first air shift uh, in broadcasting was was really nerve-wracking because you know back then well, you know too when small town stations you're also doing all the engineering and checking the transmitter logs and making sure that nothing blows up so there's a lot of things going on besides just talking and playing records it's important to listen for like I, i've said before listen to kind of the rhythm of the operator and I've yeah. heard Karen run before, too, and it may be something that she uses. It's almost, I, I have a fear of doubling sometimes or talking over 
hmm. a person because I, I think that's the worst. And when people hear people talking and they're doubling, they'll be like, that was the perfect double, the epic double. And you're like, oh, crap. So kind of waiting and listening, listening so super important. But Karen has a thing when she says 73, she'll say 73 for now. And I know she's done. Like, that's it. That's her <laughs> thing. You know, that's, and everybody has their own thing. Uh, I, Steve's got his own too. So you kind of feel it coming. You know it's coming. And she just said 73 for now. You're done. Uh, Karen, uh, did you come up with that just naturally, or, or is that something that you've just developed over time? Or Fortunately, I don't do a lot of thinking. <laughs> Stuff just happens. <laughs> Stuff just happens. I, I did want to add, Christian, Mike Fright is not limited just to mics. I was looking at some of the chat, and I saw some folks are saying, oh, go to CW. CW eliminates mm. Mike Fright. Well, no, it eliminates it, and then you get straight key fright or bug fright. And I just learned CW last year. So the first time I answered somebody's call and they came back to me, I freaked. Mm. It's like, uh, wait a minute. Where are all those letters I learned? <laughs> yeah. So I think it's just the fact that you're, you're on stage and you have an audience and you're expected to be competent but the nice thing about cw more than single sideband i think cw is particularly welcoming to newcomers and you are expected to make mistakes and i love that because i don't disappoint people i make mm -hmm. mistakes so they're expecting them and i deliver so yeah. it's kind of funny and if you can laugh at yourself that's the first step in getting over the fear yeah, absolutely. And it, just forget that other people can hear you. Just focus on the person you're talking with. And mm -hmm. I think that that helps some. I mean, it's a mental thing you gotta, you've got to do to focus and realize it's not, you know, the entire world is listening to me. Um, and that's the same sort of thing with Newsline. Uh, you know, my first, my, and I had been doing some of that before, you know, Karen gave me my first story to record. Um, and then the very first time, you know, I was asked to, to pull on the anchor shorts and, and produce. Um, you just have to really focus on just doing the thing and not thinking about, oh, my God, there's 20,000 people around the world are going to hear this. I better not screw up. So you just really you just focus on the thing and just don't worry about all the other stuff, you know. And some people are going to like it and some people aren't, and that's all right. Yeah. Well, thank you both for those opinions. And this is the feature where our friends from Amateur Radio Newsline and my colleagues from Amateur Radio Newsline <coughs> gather to talk about two stories. One of the stories which you may have heard this week, and one maybe didn't make the cut, but is certainly interesting. And we'll start with Karen uh, with the leadoff story. What would you find this week? This week I found um, Ben Quo, who is a fabulously active amateur radio operator out in California. He's a soda activator. He activated during the California wildfires. He's there for people. He is the embodiment of what uh, community-minded ham radio operators should be. He's also got some hobbies that he considers quirky, which is a good thing. He likes to look at satellite images on the internet and match them up, <laughs> see if he can figure out where they were taken. And he came across a tweet from the uh, county sheriff of a man's legs hanging over a uh, part of, a, I don't want to call it a cliff, but it was someplace in the forest, which, uh, let me get down here so you can see, mm -hmm. uh, in the National Forest, where this fellow had been hiking in California, and he got lost. He got stranded. With the remaining battery power in his cell phone, he tweeted an image of his legs on this bluff. Uh, the county sheriff put it out on Twitter. Um, next thing you know, Ben is surfing, comes across and goes, hey, I know this area. I've hiked around here, and Ben starts surfing. Uh, what does he come across? An image that looks likely took him maybe a half hour. Mm -hmm. 
He matched it up as best he could, sent the coordinates uh, to the sheriff, sent it to the search party. He was within a mile Mm. of where this guy was. They found him. They found the hiker just as the temperature was starting to drop. And the guy had already been out there, I believe, 30, 36 hours. They airlifted him to safety. Remarkable. Yeah, that's just another day in the life of Ben. Yeah, he does this. Many interests, and he's paying attention. He's he's out there and doing all these different things. Uh, Interesting guy. I would. uh, It'd be uh, cool to have him on the show at some point. Paul, what do you make of this story? It's to me, it's amazing that he was able to just because I saw the photo that got tweeted, and to just from that match it up with satellite imagery off of like Google Earth that that there was a lot of luck involved and there was a lot of of special talent from a guy who knows exactly what to look like on those on those satellite images because that was that was astounding to me there you are yeah i don't know i i lost everything i've i've lost everyone so hopefully they'll call back and are we live i think we're, we're live we have resumed right. okay cool we're still here we going. go let's kick over back my off shoulder, Sorry, over this shoulder that's the Ingenuity helicopter that is the, the drone that's up on Mars, and we've talked about that before. Monday, it made its very first flight. It wasn't an exciting flight, but it, it did fly. It went up about three meters, which is right around nine, ten feet, and then, and then landed. But the significance of that was that it sent back the data on how it was flying, and uh, from here on out, they can make longer flights and 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 see more area but they wanted to make sure that it was going to work because the the atmosphere on mars is one percent of the density of what we've got here the gravity is you know is is a a lot less uh and the temperatures are around freezing so i mean there's a lot of things against it working but it worked and uh and the other thing is, it's not like a drone here on Earth where you're, you know, you're flying it from your iPhone and you can, you can't do that because of the time delay between here and Mars. Um, they have to pre-program a flight plan and hope that it works. And then when it comes back and lands, and then they get the data relayed through uh, Perseverance and then, you know, back to Earth, hope that it worked and didn't crash. So... Uh, essentially, it's flying blind, and they're just trusting that their programming and their research is correct, and then they get the images back. So, But it's amazing, and it worked. And as we mentioned before, there's a tiny piece of the very first Wright flyer inside that helicopter. Mm-hmm. And um, so they NASA named the, uh, the little airfield area where the helicopter is going to be based from, they named it Wright Brothers Field, which I think is just pretty awesome. That is very so, awesome. And uh, I did team. notice that you've got your NASA uh, shirt yep. on today wearing it proud. Karen, what do you think about the story? Well, I think that, you know, relay alone is pretty miraculous when you consider the distance between Earth and Mars. The fact that we can communicate and get data and use the data, that that alone is is pretty incredible. But when you think about it from the standpoint of history, we flew on another planet. We had powered flight for the first time on a planet other than Earth. I mean, that in its own right is right, W-R-I-G-H-T. That in its own right is is something to really celebrate that's one for the history books, for sure. Uh, yeah, will be other flights. There will be a lot more to this. But this is something we had hoped for. It was delayed a bit by conditions, but it's done. It's done. We did it, and uh, we'll probably do it again. Yeah, the total was about 40 seconds of flight, which is <laughs> roughly mm-hmm. the total of the first right airplane. So... There's a lot of parallels there, but uh, it's, that's just amazing that that's working. And I mean, because you know, typically we, we, we can land something on a planet or like in the case of the moon, we can land something and then just launch again. But this is going to be able to fly around, come back, and, mm-hmm. it, and it's just so awesome. They named the airfield for the yep. Wright brothers. <clears throat> the yep. airfield on Mars now has the Wright brothers name. Exactly. That's cool. So. 
Well, thank you, Karen. Uh, KD2GUT and Paul. What do you want to say, Paul? I would like to mention that mm -hmm. uh, speaking of Newsline, our Young Ham of the Year award nominations are open now. Um, if you're familiar with this, is a program for for uh, young people who are going above and beyond in the hobby, and uh, that we've had some pretty astounding young people in the past who have gotten the awards. So if you go to the arnewsline.org website and you click on the, uh, the the menu option at the top that says awards, it pops down and the award form is there. So you download and then follow the instructions and tell us why this person that you're nominating deserves the award and then it goes to our judges yeah as don yeah, deadline says, is may 31st may 31st yeah so nominate somebody some young person who's doing outstanding things it's important yep. don always says the future uh, is in good hands uh, when he gives that award away i always appreciate that thank Absolutely. you friends please leave your comments and thank you for your patience as we uh, glitched up and froze up and and Paul had a look on his face, and I had a look on my face, and Karen's just like, geez, why did I get up for this? It's always fun, though. Live is live is the best. I'll make it up to everybody. Bagels? Will that work? That'll Bagels. work. Bagels. Yeah. See, easy. They're easy. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We'll catch up again soon. Appreciate right. you. 7-3. For now. Yep. Take a minute to talk about what I feel is the most beneficial deal in ham radio today it's when you become a sustaining member of 100 watts and a wire here's how it works when you donate 25 dollars or more you will become a sustaining member for a year and during that year you get discounts from participating businesses it's a win 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 the show gets your support you get the discounts a little more money in your pocket for your next project and those businesses can earn your trust. Visit 100wattsandawire.com, click the Sustaining Membership tab to learn how you can support the content you enjoy. And thanks. All right, let's see here. We get Steve back in the game here. I don't know what happened, man. Somebody, somebody <laughs> pulled the plug. Somebody pulled the plug. Oh, well, stuff happens. Welcome to the internet. You're a little crunchy. That's a little uh -oh. crunchy. We got a crunchy thing happening on your side. Why don't you dial uh -oh. back into me? Dial back in. Something's something's weird today, but we'll we'll catch up with Steve here in just a second. Uh, stand by, and we'll uh, we'll come back to me. Yeah, appreciate your patience on that. Sometimes the live technology—it's just exciting. It's like being up on top of a, a wave in real life, but live is great. Been doing it, you know, for a long time, and it's uh, really fun. Let's see if we can. Uh, we can get Steve pulled back here, and we can talk more about our Mike Fright uh, topic. How's yeah, that? Yeah, should this be better? That's better. That's better. Yeah, what happened was when I reconnected, uh, it selected the uh, the camera microphone. So you were R two D twoing or whatever. <laughs> uh, good morning to Alex. I see Alex is here today. Good it's good Alex. to see him, and he is back home. He had a fall. And uh, he has uh, shared his story on his channel, mm -hmm. so check it out, uh, W7 Hotel United, and he'll give you the story. But he uh, took a pretty nasty fall and uh, is home recovering. Five broken ribs. Five out of 24. I'd say he did a pretty good job there. That's pretty good. Pretty good fall, but he's going to be okay and uh, get rolling again. Let's, uh, let's take a... Um, Take a look at some of the uh, other Mike Fright uh, scenarios. Uh, Christopher says, I've been a ham for a little over a year, uh, general for a couple of months. Mike Fright here is real, and there's not really a good excuse for it. I've been using FT8, and that's mm -hmm. uh, getting it done. But I'd like to start talking more. Every time I do, I enjoy it. It's just getting to that point. I hunt POTA at special events on single sideband, and that has helped some but a long way to go. So, Steve, maybe we need to, like, set up one of these things where it's like, that's another thing. People don't really want to be identified over the air as somebody who's right. having Mike Fright, you know. So what we should do is set up this sort of scad among our friends here who are struggling. We'll do it in the form of the net, you know, we might, mm -hmm. and we just... You guys come to us, and that way you'll know you'll be dealing with somebody who's on the friendly side... You know, and kind of jumping in, into the water with somebody you know might might be helpful. Mm -hmm. And th and that's what we set the net up for. Was one of the reasons was to bring was create an environment or a, a place to where if you're brand new, 
just come in, join in and, uh, and just let us know you're new or, and we'll, you know, spend, I know I will spend extra time with you and, uh, help you get along and, uh, and just having that first contact or, you know, or you've been at it for a little bit, uh, just kind of overcoming it and just find out that it's really not that hard. And, uh, but it's, we all have gone through it and we're, we've done it. Uh, and we're going to do it together we'll get through it together and then after a while you'll just be a pro at it and away you go and it'll be like what mike fright you <laughs> it's like you never had it and i think so, people who come- are experienced hams who've been in it for a while we have an obligation here too to not be dicks yes. and d-bags so yes you know we we are trying to get them and we're saying you can do it you can do it you can do it but we need mm-hmm. to do it too. We need to get ourselves together where we're uh, we're being friendly, opening, inv- inviting. Because a lot of what this is is us, and I'm lumping us into this greater pool of people who aren't as welcoming. And I think that's that's a big part of the problem. You know, go ahead, Steve. And uh, you know, granted, we talk about it. You know, uh, from an HF perspective, but if we really look at it. Our new hams are technicians and where do they first go? They go on to repeaters and that's where we need to, we as the, uh, the seasoned amateur radio operator, we need to recognize that and make those steps and those commitments and obligation to the newer hams, even on the repeaters. And we, we have, you know, curmudgeons, we have people that are a little bit grumpy. They don't want to, you know, they hear a new ham. They don't want to talk to them because, you know, I, for, for some reason they have an issue with themselves, the, the, this curmudgeon and, um, that they, you know, they're above talking to the newer ham. We need to make that obligation and we owe it to the newer hams to get out there and welcome them and get them, uh, into the fold here and, uh, and not chase them away. But we look at, you know, where our new hams are, are coming from and that's, um, their technician class. And we need to spend more time on that, uh, welcoming them and uh, i know i have to do it um and when i do hear someone new i try to get out of my way to you know say hi to them and uh, go from there and welcome them into the into the hobby just like i do on hf but uh we we need to remember you know where our our new blood is coming from and uh, if we don't do that then uh we're just you know cutting our own throats in the hobby and uh Plus, we need more activity on the two-meter UHF bands. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Repeaters are dead. We need to put some more more activity into them. Tomorrow at 7 o'clock Central Time, we'll be at least on two bands, 20 and 40, and probably move to 40, if not 20, 40, and 80 tomorrow. And the net control operators will call for new hams. Okay, and we can do that in the early part. You can just listen to the net. But this will be a place where you can come and make a check-in, take your time, not worry about things. And um, the net control operators for our net will be patient. That is guaranteed. So just, just come there. That might be a first stop for you, and maybe it'll, it'll encourage you. But the, the greater point here is we definitely have to be opening, open and patient uh, with new people. Stop, stop being... You know, because it's a big part of it. I've been a ham since uh, 2013. I still, it still gets pretty bad at times. Like others, I'm worrying about stumbling on my words and forgetting call signs. And I wonder if some of it is caused by the comments I've heard over the air. This is what we were just talking about. Having an extra class license. I don't feel that I should feel like a noob at times, but it happens. And it's irritating when my favorite mode of operation is single sideband uh, voice. James says years of experience on CD, uh, CB. We get a little humor here uh, before getting his uh, ham radio license. Uh, prepared him for the uh, Mike Fright Breaker Nineteen. Mm-hmm. Waka waka waka. Yeah, uh, maybe not as uh, welcoming there in the CB. Uh, Chris says I was afraid to call CQ in the Ole Miss Cuso party recently, and after chatting with some people. Uh, some fellow members, um, and just listening to others, I found a frequency keyed up and just went for it. Thankfully, unfortunately, 
Uh, no one answered. <laughs> after five minutes. Oh, oh, man. Chris. Well, I want to hear you tomorrow, Chris. Uh, guy said he was lucky. His parents, both parents, uh, were hams, so he was around it. Uh, mm-hmm. In his early part of his life, he became a ham in 1994. No problems calling CQ and making contacts. Good for you. Uh, Terry, sometimes get it, but I go through a checklist mentally. Uh, am I okay? Legal, okay, radio okay, frequency privileges, listen. And then, so again, we got another checklist. Uh, Karen mm-hmm. offered some words here. She thinks almost everyone have uh, has it. People who don't start out with Mike Fright are lucky ones. Me, I had it from day one. And and uh, you're not the only one. I've, right. I've run into over the years other broadcasters that uh, professional. They're behind the microphone as a profession, and they get on the on amateur radio and they lose it. They just they freeze, and uh, because they're so worried about uh, saying the wrong thing, and there's really the way I view it, there's nothing really wrong. Um, just be yourself. And, uh, and if you forget a call sign or somebody else, ask them what it is. I'm constantly being asked to repeat my call sign because I rattle it off pretty quick. So, but it, it's okay. But the thing to remember is your call sign. That's it. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, if you forget yours, then, you know, we got to work on that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But, big, uh, big letters. Yeah, yeah, put it in in front of you. The difference between broadcasting and this is that you're responsible here. You're responsible for your radio. You've probably bought or built your antenna. You've hung it up. You're you're responsible. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to have, you know, when I was in Philadelphia, we'd have five or six engineers. When something happened, they all got a text, and they would all systematically call in. There was a time structure where they would take care of problems problem happens in broadcasting generally in the in the big leagues somebody else is in charge here you're checking your plate current you're checking how many watts you're putting out you're responsible for your antenna you need to know what your antenna is you know these things so i think that's a part of this too is that you're the one on the hook for your station mm-hmm. in this realm you're res- yeah. you're responsible for the technical operations of your station along with the content that's going over as a broadcaster all you was worried about was the content and it was just a one-way exchange most of the time Uh, you know call-ins and things like that crappy song was i didn't i didn't pick this one i didn't do it pd the pd uh, made me uh, play it i don't know i I, i'm with you caller i believe that we should be playing jethro tall right now instead of this and when you were t- it had the two-way interaction, it was over a device that everybody is familiar with, and that's a telephone. This, the radio, is totally different. So, yeah, I can, I can see that uh, happening, but it's basically the same. We're just in one big party line, and, uh, and just go out and have fun and just be yourself. That's I, I can't reiterate that more uh, enough because that's what makes the hobby so good because we have all the different personalities and uh and people here even the curmudgeons we gotta we gotta love them too because of their grumpiness and stuff like that it just what makes the hobby it's no different than our neighbors in our neighborhood and the people we work with and things like that this is just an extension of our society so i appreciate everybody for um you know, writing your comments, many of the people, I think there were 32 comments and we put it out a few days ago. If you don't do Facebook, I totally understand it. We tried to get to a bunch of those today, but if you do, you can read through uh, some of that, you know, add to it, uh, put your comments in the comments section here. And we kind of lost our transmit. We went off the air today and I uh, <laughs> had to pull it back together myself. So I don't know what this will look like in post or how this will post up to uh, YouTube later on it's okay but put your comments in the comments and uh, chatting is, is real cool too but uh, the comments section will live where the chat may not mm-hmm. so maybe we'll do some questions here Steve we, uh, why not let's see yeah. if we can do some questions here and I'm gonna just to uh, create a little space um, and you can put a queue next to so if you have a question now that we can try to get to put a queue and then your question in the chat and we'll uh, we'll try to uh, take care of that uh, for you as well. Let's see. 
and get to my question section. Appreciate everybody being patient there when we had a, a glitch. I don't know. It just got clogged up like an old toilet at grandma's house. It was just like, <laughs> start closing. My computer was like, start closing some stuff down. Would you like to close down this program? Like, no, it's what? live. We can't do that one. What I, about I, this one? Like I told you. Like mm. I told you this morning, it's uh, my, I was just, I just got into the chat to say good morning as I was typing it and my uh, computer decided to restart. And I was like, really? <laughs> I, I probably like, okay. should have restarted mine. Maybe I wouldn't have to, sometimes I let my computer sit. I'll put it, it'll put mm. itself to sleep. Next thing you know, I'm asking it to work real hard and it's like, I don't know, can yeah. you close Chrome or something? I don't know, something. <laughs> And that's what I wanted for me today. Close something down, will you? Was uh, yeah. what was happening? All right, let's I take a question. I wonder if Apple sent out a uh, update. It's, who knows? Yeah, it might be. It could be. Let's take a question here. Here's one. Uh, let's see. What do you do about water in the direct berry conduit? This is a uh, holdover from last week when we talked a little mm -hmm. bit about burying coax. Many people were like, "See, child, why didn't you put it in the?" In the conduit, and there's because I, I just couldn't. It was 150 feet at the time. I put it, you know, under the ground. So Most what people do you direct do? bury it. What do you I do drill now? Holes. Oh, tell us more. I just take. Uh, I find the low spot. Well, in my case, um, I have a low spot because it's uh, going out to the towers, kind of sloped. So at the at the low spot, I've uh, I dug the trench a little bit deeper. And then I backfilled it with some gravel, and then I just punched some uh, holes, uh, quarter-inch size holes, uh, at uh, what would be the, the low spot of the uh, of the conduit, and then uh, allow the uh, water to drain out. It's so it uh, you're going to get water in in a conduit. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. It's just going to happen. And uh, so there's kind of you you think it through and uh, allow it to to drain out and kind of figure out where your low spots you can uh you can also get uh perforated uh irrigation pipe or some kind of pipe that will uh or drain pipes that you can use as a a conduit so uh just and that that helps out too but i uh, for for my runs i just uh punched holes in them okay. makes sense question number two is there any actual advantage to using an external antenna tuner if the rig's internal one works just fine? I have the Zygu G90 and it will tune anything, but I also have an external one in the shack. I I go by KISS principle, and uh, if you have a tuner built in your radio and it's tuning your antennas and things like that, there's no need to add an external tuner. That's just another piece of equipment that can go wrong or uh, cause problems and uh, clutters everything up. So I personally would, uh, you know, keep everything as simple as possible. Yeah, I think, uh, what is it? Um, my 7300, is it three? I think it'll do Typically, three. Typically, I think the, the built-in ones do, will do around three to one. And uh, so you got to have to get an antenna that's uh, pretty resonant. The, the, the advantage of an external uh, tuner is it's going to have a wider range. So let's say you want to take a tuner or you want to operate 75 meters, but you only have basically a 20-meter dipole. You're mm -hmm. definitely your... <laughs> Internal tuner will not tune that on 75. An external tuner, a wide, what they call a wide-range tuner, you've got a pretty good chance that uh, you'll be able to load up that antenna and uh, you'll be able to make contacts. My experience so with that, that Zygu G90, that's a nice internal. That'll, that'll tune it up for mm -hmm. you. I don't know what its limits are, but and my antenna's out in the field. You know, they're pretty close. They're they're good antennas at 25 feet, and that's about as high as I go out in the field. But it would tune up whatever I needed. But I think the point's well taken. If you don't have to carry a tuner with you, great. Right. Now, I've made a couple crappy antennas. I've had an off-center fed <laughs> that I couldn't get tuned up for anything and uh -huh. put the old LDG out there, and that'll do like a 10 to whatever. You know, but I will, try to operate with good antennas in the field at the height that I plan to run them. But I, I know mm -hmm. that's not always ideal. But I guess what we're and, saying and is, and I look if you at it as it, you know, it. It, I look at it as you you want to clutter up your your operating position, whether you're in a portable uh, situation or at at a home station. 
Uh, do you want to have just extra pieces on your desk? If you want that, that's great. I mean, good mm-hmm. for you. And uh, I just try to keep the, the the bare bones minimum what's needed to to make it happen. So, yeah, to each his own. That's what's so cool. To each their own. That is such a great uh, thing. And and for this, I try to just make an antenna that I know that mm-hmm. I've tested at the height I'm going to hang it. So I I try to start with a decent working antenna. Mm-hmm. And if it's over three, I probably didn't bring it with me. <laughs> so, I don't know. But, yeah, I'm with you on that. Thank you for that question. All right. Uh, when you wrap back, oh, this is a fun one. When you wrap wire back on itself during tuning, does the antenna not see that length? What's happening to that mm-hmm. wire? Uh, because, remember, RF floats on the surface of a conductor. It doesn't float within it. So basically when the wire is wrapped back onto itself, the RF is just going to go over it. And uh, now if you had a, a tail that kind of you, you wrap the wire back, but then you had a tail, well, the RF is going to see that as added length and it will, uh, it, it, you won't um, be, you, you'll be negating what you're trying to do. So that's why you got to have it all in line with the, uh, when you wrap it back. So don't leave a tail unless you want to. So you're saying it goes off. Mm-hmm. It's not even seeing the loop back around. I got that question quite a bit uh, over the years because you, when you connect to a ballon, you're pulling through some wire up there when you connect to the ballon, mm-hmm. say, and that may be three inches or something. Who knows what it is? And people will say, does that wire count? To the measurement, when you're measuring out your antenna, this is a good conversation there. So, okay, let's see what we got here. I got a... You got a lot of wire going. All right, so I got... <laughs> let's get this. So here's an insulator right here. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just kind of grow back here. So you just bring it back like this. The uh, the RF is... Uh, so the RF is just going to uh, just come over the, flo- over, the, over the wire here. Now, if you had a tail like this hanging down when you, when you wrapped it back... The RF is going to start to go over the surface of this wire here, and now you're essentially adding this length to here, and that's why you want to kind of wrap it back. I mean, this is a sloppy wrap because I was just tuning it, and then once you once you uh, get the proper length, then you can you know do proper loops or whatever, or just trim it off and uh, go from there. So, so there's uh, that's a good one that comes yeah, up every so often. A, you know, yeah. because you, you every, we're taught, you know, cut your cut to length of the the frequency mm-hmm. that you want to operate on. So if you got a twenty meter and you're you're cutting it down, but what happens up around the ballon when you put that through a loop in the ballon and you bring it back or you solder it at that point at the ballon? What happens to that length? And that length like- is added to the to the to the total length. So that's why you're kind of trimming it uh, at the end. So that becomes. Uh, he disappeared. He disappeared. I disappeared. <laughs> so when I so let's talk about the ballon. So let's get this all squared away here. So this is what you're talking about is right. uh, as this wire comes out of here and then comes a, a wraps around and it's the wraps here as far as the RF is concerned that's on the surface but this little pigtail down to here and to here that becomes part of the length. And uh, when I temporarily build antennas, I use wire nets. So just to make quick uh, connections. And then once I'm done and everything works out uh, properly, then I, then you solder it up. But I've, I've left wire nuts in the air. So tip, you know, you can use wire nuts in, uh, in antenna building because there's no strain on it. All the strain is here. That'd be all right in a portable operation, you know, long time, you don't want to do anything, but portable is okay. Yeah, you can uh, disconnect everything and uh, uh, put everything in, uh, coil up the wires and then all nice and neat. So just the sky's the limit. Just I kind of do that with my Anderson uh, power poles on my my link dipole. It's not something I would put up permanently or nothing's permanent, but uh, you know what I mean? Like at a at your base station, I wouldn't want all those exposed Anderson power poles to the right. rain or whatever, but out there in the field, man, it's uh, it's perfect. So that's, yeah. that's good. Good question, guys. Setups. Yep. 
Good questions. I appreciate everybody who wrote in and your patience today as we uh, we went off the air. No engineers <laughs> called me to say what's going on, but you were very patient. Looks like many uh, were able to rejoin. I don't know if there was any questions in the chat that we uh, need to address. If you have anything, we could probably have a couple minutes and we'll uh, land this baby. I uh, got my girls mm. here today. Uh, Mama's out, so I need to make sure they're not tearing things mm. up. But I hear little voices. Not yeah, the usual you know. ones here. Usually that's my mm -hmm. mother screaming at me from childhood. <laughs> it is a hard, complicated situation. Christian! But I hear my little <laughs> I hear my little ones in there doing their thing. But uh yeah, good uh, good topic today. And if you are struggling with Mike Fright, there is hope. But I think we should put the burden on the um the hams that are out there kind of doing it. We gotta be kinder, more um inviting to people who may be new. You know, and not so many challenges. I mean, I've been challenged on the air a couple of times, you know, about the length. What's your length on the 160? And you're like, uh, uh, you know, it's a, a quarter wave. And that hesitancy will, they're like, you're, you're, is it what? You know, so people, just be cool. Be cool. We got to be a cooler group of people, more inviting. And then we, we have we can, people, we, we have people that want to one up each other or whatever. They want to show their technical prowess that they're better than that. And it's like, yeah, whatever. It's like, fine. If that's, that's your gig, then so be it. But, uh, it's, I, I just go back to the fact that we all were brand new at one time. We didn't know everything. I surely don't know everything. Oh my, don't even think I know everything and I don't even plan to know everything. I'm constantly learning. And, uh, and I will learn to the day, you know, I'm, I, you know, step away from the hobby, but, uh, it's, uh, we, we, it's just, we have folks that are that way. I mean, I see it in my professional life and, uh, and here at the hobby the and it just, uh, it, it's just the nature human nature actually. So it's like the discussion that got into the chat. We, I mean, you know, we talked about Mike fright and then we kind of got into antenna snobbery and, uh, and the G five, you know, the vulnerable G five RV always gets slammed on being, uh, uh, this, uh, bad antenna. And, uh, I've worked so many people that have great signals with a G five RV. So it's just, uh, it, it comes in, in all flavors. <laughs> It's hobby, and it's uh, some days you kind of want to bang your head up against the wall, but uh, the takeaway like, is that we have a role in this too. We mm -hmm. have a role. We have a in role. People being um, having mm -hmm. this mic fright, this situation, mm -hmm. and we could be a big part of of the solution too. So yes. if you're hearing this somewhere down the line or years from now, you know, think about it. You know, because I'm the kind of person that'll create a stream now that this one broke, and who knows what'll even happen. <laughs> I'll create a new stream and we'll go on the air and Steve and I will take calls for, we'll just open it up and start taking calls because I know there's a lot of people. I know there's a lot of people and we don't even need mm -hmm. to identify who you are, but I'll create a stream. We'll do a stream and get on the air and just start working people. So you get over it. But I would say the easiest method will be look for your nets. We have a very friendly one on uh, tomorrow, seven o'clock central time, you know, look for those things, chase those, parks those exchanges mm -hmm. are pretty fast contests can be pretty quick and that can make you a little nervous sometimes i don't know when to call uh, mm -hmm. it's not mike fright it's more of i better listen longer and see but and you find the cadence try to you know get in mm -hmm. there and then as far as for like uh, uh new technicians um be involved in your clubs uh most repeaters will have some kind of net on there um a lot of local clubs will have it uh and then get involved in that. And um, most likely, especially with nets and things like that, you'll find a uh, more inviting environment where uh, if you, you know, kind of say you're new and uh, uh, the, the net control or even the, the members that are participating in the net should be uh, uh, more inviting versus where you kind of run into a couple of, you know, old timers that are just yammering back and forth, they might not be so inviting at the time, but, uh, and that will happen. But, uh, yeah, look, look for things like that uh, and, you know, be involved in your clubs, your local clubs. If, uh, if you're involved in one, that's a great place to kind of get over the mic fright and, uh, 
And um, uh, one club I was involved with, the Maple Valley Amateur Radio Club, when we did our uh, simplex nets, uh, we rotated around who's the net control. So uh, once it came to you, then it became, then you kind of have to work through your uh, your mic fright and get involved in, in a club like that where they have a simplex net. And then now you've got a really limited uh, uh, span or you know scope of people that you're going to be working with, and they're all people that you know you know personally or fairly personally you know, being at your local club and that's another way to get over the get over the mic fright and uh and just you know being more involved in the hobby so there there's multiple ways of getting involved with it so yep all right i hope we uh help some people today because we had a broken stream today and i don't know what will happen to it i'm sure i'm sure it'll turn up at some point will you uh and it's raining today i may actually take some calls maybe do some things later on do a do a stream just for that and encourage you guys to stop by we don't even have to talk about mike fright again on the air but uh click that notification bell because maybe i'll go live and take some calls today and just uh see how people are doing if i can get out in this rain we've got another rainy day in this area yeah we, we got it here too kind we'll of make it gonna up be to a you. wet wet weekend or at least for saturday so it'll be a good time to get on the air. Yes, yeah, great time. There's no lightning here that I can tell, and I haven't read a forecast. We've, we're just dealing with a good stretch of rain here in the spring. Not a big deal, but as long as we're not lightning, ning, 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 um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try it out. So click the notification bell today, if you will. I'll let you know, and maybe after lunchtime, I'll, I'll stop on and just take some calls in a casual sense. And maybe some of you will stop by. We'll see if it's raining. Steve may be in the shack or his, his YouTube studio as it's known around <laughs> as the Steve. family refers to it <laughs> yes talk about famous like, hams his family no. is like go to you there are no famous hams please no please There's just we're some just well-known uh, 60 70 year guys but certainly not here the lowest <laughs> rung of notoriety is is happening <laughs> is, is happening here prove it every week well, thank you, Steve. Have a great uh, and safe rest of your weekend. Thank you all for stopping by. I appreciate you. you coming by and dealing with that technical snafu. I don't know what it was, but uh, we got back up and running and people refreshed and we were able to uh, carry on, as it were. I uh, may get back on the air later today. It's been a while since I cracked the mic. I haven't had the radio on all week and I put it on this morning. Heard some old fellas uh, breaking balls this morning. A guy was like, uh, it was like three or four guys talking, and they're going back and forth. And some of them were up, some were down. And the, and the one op says, uh, yeah, I can't, can't hear you where I am, Paul. Must be my lucky day. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want to hear his old buddy. His buddy's like, oh, And his buddy was probably 20 old. over. <laughs> yeah, he's probably, yeah, just lying. Oh, hey, I'm having a hard time hearing you. Can you hear me now? No, I still can't. Still can't hear you at all. Can you hear me? Is any better now? Nope, not a not a word. But oh my god, I like listening. It's awesome in the morning. Yep, I like the old guys. All right, seven three, everyone. Y'all be good. Uh, take care of yourselves. Look after each other, and by all means, if you can, please try and stay above the noise. See you next time. Bye bye. To join the 100 Watts in a Wire community, visit 100wattsinawire.com.